Friendshipping is proud to be part of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. This episode of Friendshipping is sponsored by Backblaze. Yes! Yes, I'm going to do this in one take like I did last time. I know you can. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Get unlimited computer backup for Macs or PCs for just 6 bucks a month. Backup documents, music, photos, videos, drawings, podcasts, projects, all your data. Restore files anywhere you have internet. Even if you are off the grid, we can overnight a hard drive to you with your backup on it. Over 40 billion files restored. Whoa! Get yourself a free, fully featured trial at backblaze.com cpc. Please make sure you visit backblaze.com cpc so they know where you came from and continue to support the show. Go there. Play with it. Start protecting yourself from bad times. Start today. <gasps> I did it. You freaking I did, did it. it. I really, really had to concentrate on that. But you made it happen. Oh, my God. Everyone go to backblaze.com cpc. And support us. <laughs> I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This, this is Friendshipping. And the theme this week is... Working on a project with a friend who lets you down. Yeah, like being let down, yeah. Yeah. Friendship between humans has many benefits. But sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. Gingerman. Hey, Trin, I wanted to ask you about something. What up, Jed Dang? <laughs> Whoa. Uh... New Jimmy World album. Oh my God, let's talk about it. It's really good. Jen, okay, I have been waiting. I'm just like, I just can't. <laughs> I need to like take off all my clothes. You don't understand. Like it just, um, okay, Jen, I feel, I feel like I'm in a mosh pit all of a sudden. I love it. I have so many feelings about this. This is what, so here's what's interesting, Jen. Yes. Is that you brought this up, but, and I have notes. I was like, I got to tell Jen about this. Got to tell her about this. Got to, and I did not write down Jimmy World Ooh. album. And yet, that has been at the forefront of my mind since it was released. I am so glad to hear you love it. I like it a lot, too. I, love I need it. to do another listen because I was listening to it as I was cleaning this weekend. So, like, I was like bopping to it. But yeah. I need I need to do the thing where you like put on headphones and get deep with it. Yes, you do. Yeah. Jen, can we talk about I this? I would love to. Okay. So, first of all, it's called Surviving mm -hmm. by Jimmy World. J Jimmy, James E. World. James E. World was formed in Arizona and I think in probably like 1995. Like they've been a band longer than many people that we are friends with have been alive. Yeah. <laughs> and I really like their weird unknown albums before Blade American. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Static Prevails. Yes. Very good. Uh, it's, a, it's a very good like first album. And yep. it, what's really interesting about it is that like they have a lot of, um, you, if you listen to Static Prevails, you'll notice that a bunch of the chord progressions are actually reused in Clarity and in Blade American. It's like they got better. They oh, got better. Clarity's so fucking good. Clarity's very, very good. So I always think of Jimmy Eat World albums in terms of are they a Clarity or are they a Bleed American? Because they're different, but both very good. They're so what's this different. new one? So this one is Bleed American Part 2. Absolutely. In my opinion. Oh, and that's amazing. Bleed American really speaks to my heart. And I think a big part of that is, just like everybody else, I love all the music that came out when I was like 16. You know? Yep. <laughs> like that's yep. just kind of how it goes. But Bleed American was just a very good uh, like American rock album. And Jimmy Eat World is considered to be like an emo band, which I would say is very true. But they've always had more rock roots sometimes. So like I would say even Futures is more of a Clarity-esque album. Oh, I totally agree. I like Futures. Um, I like Futures It's, it's a fun well. departure. Yeah. You can't compare it too much to Bleed American, but that's okay. Yeah. But Futures is more like power pop. Too, yeah. Which yeah, I yeah. also enjoy. Yeah. It's a little funkier. Yeah. 
This new album, Surviving, the reason why I say it's more like Bleed American Part 2, it's as though Bleed American made sweet love to like an old Bruce Springsteen album. It's oh like, my God, that's such a great description. It's yeah. very like big American rock song. The last album that they did, Integrity Blues, was very much more a Clarity-esque album. And it was very like light and flowy and ambient underwater music. And uh, I like to t- say that it was um, good music for divorcees. It's like, you know. Oh, did you think Jim Atkins had gotten divorced? Definitely. It's felt like a divorce. Yeah, you can tell when Ben Gibbard divorced Zoe Deschanel. It is very clear in his music. Absolutely. This new album, Surviving, has is all that is like, um, you got to want the work more than the reward of love, you know. There's no ending up because uh, we continually create the life that we have. Like, it's very like a Jim. It's really like Jim Adkins became a dad. Like, yeah, like he grew up a little. It's yeah. always refreshing when the musicians you loved when you were young also grow up. Yeah. That yeah. did not happen for Weezer. River, <laughs> Rivers Como is still singing about like getting a hand job in the backseat of a car. From and stuff. a 19 year old yeah, yeah. Asian girl. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's, he's still yeah. that weirdo. He's such a weird fetish. You can be weird. And grow the fuck up, which he is not. No, 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 no. Uh, but Jimmy World has always been like the least problematic of faves. That's totally. You know, like they don't, I don't think they've sworn in any single, there's no curse words in any of their songs, which is always very fucking funny to me. Yeah, the most political they got was like on Futures. That's it. Yeah. yeah. That was like when uh, Occupy Wall Street was happening. And it was like Futures is very Bush like, era. yeah, we're in the streets, guys. Yeah. Woo, the future's going to be better. And then this album is like, actually, it didn't turn out that great. Yeah, nah, not so much, but here we are. There's this song, Recommit, that uh, says there's no, he starts it with, there's no clarity in front of me, which is very much a callback to clarity. But it's like a, uh, you know, I was 22 and like really excited about life. I'm like, I still am. But like, it's not any clearer than it was before. I fucking love Jimmy World. Always have, always will. Unless they do something really dumb, which doesn't doesn't seem to be trajectory in that way. It's really nice. Jim Atkins sounds the same as he did when he was 25. It's kind of a, it's kind of lovely. Yeah, they definitely like stayed home, got a lot of sleep and took care of themselves. Yeah, I was thinking like, does this guy even smoke cigarettes? Because it no. doesn't sound like it. I always bring up in that book, there's this book, Nothing Feels Good uh, about emo. And I, it's an excellent book because it was the first time anybody actually took emo seriously as a genre of music, which I mean, should you take emo seriously? I don't know, but I do. And one of the the excellent parts is when they talk about Jimmy Eat World and they talk about how they were on like the first Bleed American tour, this journalist from Spin who wrote this book, uh, and he was hanging out with like the band and fucking Jim Atkins just goes to bed at like 8 p.m. Like after this concert, like everybody's hanging out playing video games. There's no like groupies around or anything. They're, they're literally very much like we are. We, our job is music. We make music. We do the best job we can. And then we go home to our loving families. That's wonderful. And probably the reason why they're still touring. It's definitely the still reason. Uh, the reason they're still friends. Yeah. <laughs> you know, seriously, like they've been friends longer than you've been alive. Oh, my God. And I am. Yeah. I'm only 16, so. And if you were, let's just say, 27, 28 years old, somewhere, 29. Somewhere around there. Still, it would be true <laughs> that, you're, that their friendship's older than you. Damn. I know. Is that fucked up? We should have them on the show. I would. Jim Atkins, I know you're a friendship listener. Uh, guys, Get okay. a hold of me. I don't do this very often, but I'm going to put it out into the universe. If there's one person on the planet who deserves to interview Jim Adkins... It's Trin. It's fucking me. That is completely true. We're putting it in the universe like the secret. Yeah. Make if, it happen, internet. If anybody knows... You've, you got like maybe a fifth degree friendship with them, hit 
us up. Trin is extremely good at interviews with anybody, Thank let you. alone with a subject like Jim Atkins. And I would all we would do, you know what I want? I want to have Jimmy Eat World on and talk to them about their decades long friendship. Yeah, absolutely. And then I would sneak in some questions like, so talk to me about uh, the re-recorded version of Your House. Yeah. Love it. As I throw my headphones. Okay. <laughs> I, shit, I have to put my headphones back on. Man, that'd be that'd be awesome. Oh, How do we make this happen? I know we have to finish our book, but maybe this should be our goal for after we finish the book. Oh, How man. do we get Jimmy World on our show? So speaking of finishing our book. Yeah. We have it has to be done. Soon. Soon. November like 4th. Less than a week. Yeah. yeah. And it's 98% done. We're ahead of schedule. We are. Which I say, uh, I, I definitely credit to our mutual anxiety. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Because yeah. I didn't want to crunch. Me neither. I don't, I don't, I'm not about that. I'm about preparation. Sometimes you can't help it. But I really, really didn't want to have a weekend where you and I were worried and stressed. Yes. And that is oddly not happening. Yeah. Weird. So I think it's because, here's the thing. So our energies are so different and our anxieties are so different. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like Jen writes a, like a bit every day, I feel like. I do. Yeah, I a little say, bit every day. Yeah, I feel like there's changes in the doc every day. And then uh, on a weekend, I'll go in there and I'll just like slam. Vomit. I'll just slam out some words. Like a couple thousand words or whatever. And it has worked out so well. And I know that I would not have been able to finish this book on time without you. I wouldn't you. have been able to finish this book without you either. And it makes me wonder someday, because I would like to write a book on my own. And I don't know, that sounds impossible. So here's the thing. I've thought about this before. Because like I, th- I also would love to do something fiction with you. But there's also, I know that there's a book in your head and there's a book in my head. Yeah. And I almost feel like I want to do like an extended nano rhymo. Oh, you know? yeah. Like you and I should just like take a, a year or two and like be on each other's asses about our, oh, our that's books. That's such a good idea. And then what if we did a joint book tour for the books that we wrote on our own, but also together? Can you imagine? We should just follow Jimmy World around the country. <laughs> what? Like a, like what, they're touring their album. Oh. We're touring our books. Oh. I just dropped my phone that's on the fine. floor. It, nobody needs your phone. Jen... This is one of the best days of my life. I love that you're having a good day. Because you know what? I am too. I have a busy day, but I'm caffeinated. I got some good sleep. And here's my friend, Trin. Hey, it's me. Yeah. Should we do the question? I, yeah. I yeah. Have... Do you want to read the question this week? Jen, thank you for this honor. I will. The honor is all mine. I will do you proud. I'm working on a huge art installation slash proposal. I've gathered a team of people together that I thought were perfect for the project. We were at a very crucial point in the process submitting our final proposal. Each of us had a huge part to contribute, and it's not like in high school where you can just do the whole thing yourself, lol. The proposal was due on Sunday, and I was planning to have everything submitted by the Wednesday before. This person sounds like us. Yeah. We ended up choosing this day because I wanted to have some buffer time just in case I needed to fix something. Oh, so good, so good. Also, the person who was in charge of one of the main and final pieces, who we will call Kim, was flying out of the country on vacation that following Thursday. Great planning here from the asker. Anyway, long story short, Kim kept making empty promises and pushing her deadline back, stringing me along the whole weekend, either not responding to any of my messages or sending me messages promising it'll be done soon. I even tell her to let me know if she can't do her part because I can find someone else to do it. Still, she promises me it will be done on time. We get to Sunday morning, the day it is due, and I've heard nothing back from Kim. 
I find a friend, Tim, to help me finish Kim's. Wait, that rhymes. <laughs> it's uh, okay. It's okay. We'll make it, it work. I, sorry, sorry, listeners. We changed the name. We didn't know if this name was changed, so we changed it to Tim, and then we realized and it rhymed with Kim. Anyway, it's fine. It's too late. Too late. My friend Tim helped me finish Kim's piece last minute. Real MVP of a friend, BT dubs. Tim was able to help me finish this final piece within two hours while fighting a concussion and food poisoning. Holy crap. I also could use some ideas on how to properly thank Tim. We can help you with that. Luckily, I'm able to get the project submitted in time, but barely. Honestly, I feel kind of hurt by Kim. She didn't message me at all that Sunday, or has she contacted me since? Part of me is mad, and another part is extremely disappointed in her. I thought she was reliable considering all the big-name clients that she had worked with in the past. I'd gotten all the stuff she needed in time, but she basically ignored me, even though she knew how big and important this project is. I even gave her an out. My question, though, is how do I approach Kim? Should I even bring it up at all? Do I kick her from the group? I know I'll end up having to confront her, and after all of this, I will not be able to rely on her at all. It seems like she doesn't want to be in the group, but she's made it to previous meetings and she's involved. I feel a mix of disappointment and hurt. What should I do? Oh, man, what a bummer. This is not good. Yeah, this, this sucks, man. And I just off the top of my head, at first glance here, I think your first step is admitting that you are hurt. I agree. You said, I'm feeling kind of hurt and disappointed. I, to me, you sound very hurt and justifiably so. Yeah. Your friend let you down. Yeah, you can feel feelings and not expect anything from them also. Yeah, you can admit to yourself, like, I'm really hurt and disappointed in my friend Kim. Yeah, I'm hurt and disappointed in my friend Kim. And right now I can't think of anything that she can do to fix this. Like, I feel like people sometimes hold off on feeling angry because they feel like, well, I don't really need an apology or I don't really know what what it would look like. Like, you can just feel your oh, shitty that feelings. Is, I do that. It's like you don't need to procrastinate on your feelings. You can yeah. just feel them right now. It's that is that is OK. Um, that that really that really sucks. So the question, there are two questions here. There's how do we properly thank Tim, which we'll get to at the end. And also, like, what do we even do about Kim? Right. Because it looks like she, so I don't know what the future looks like, but the asker says that they'll have to confront her, not be able to rely on her. It feels like, she, well, so she made it to previous meetings and is involved. Uh, Jen, do you have a better idea than I do of what the future looks like? Because I, I can't from the question, determine whether or not this group is going to be working together in the future? Right. I know. It's like you gathered the Avengers and one of them sucks. <laughs> Hawkeye. One of them is Hawkeye. One of them is Jeremy Renner. <laughs> is oh, just, God. He, he doesn't even actually know how to use the bow. It's just Jeremy Renner, the shitty actor. Yeah. <sighs> so let's, let me think through this here. So Kim knows they fucked up. Absolutely. They know. They know. Um, we got a lot of hints even in the question here because they said, like, I promise I'll get it done. I promise I'll get it done. And then they didn't get it done and they haven't contacted you. So, like, that's them going into, oh, shit, I am too ashamed to acknowledge this mode. Yes. Jen, that's a really good way of putting that. Like, I, I think that the bad feelings piled up. It became a pile of sadness, which we've talked about on the show before. So just to recap, pile of sadness is that one task that you know you have to do you want to do it even, but you can't because it started to stand for all of the shitty feelings that you feel surrounding it. So Kim is looking at this project not as just like, I need to do an art. It's a, this is me letting my friends down. This is me being a shitty artist. This is me being the worst ever. This, this is, is my failures. This is the thing I forgot to do when I was 
16 years old. This is my failure for here. Like it starts to build and build and build. And it's like really hard to look at. It's like a pile of dishes in your sink that you can't even glance at it. Like you you walk quickly through the kitchen and don't even look at it because it hurts so much. Absolutely. And this is something that happens, I think, to like everybody every now and again. It is something, and I know I talk about my ADHD all the time, but it is something that is particularly prevalent and like life upending for people with ADHD. So which does not mean you have to forgive her and it doesn't mean you have to like move on and work with her again. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like we can talk about all the reasons why this happened and why Kim, well, we can speculate, but that doesn't mean you don't need to be mad at Kim. Yes. You should be. I am. I'm a little mad. Eh, I'm yeah. a little mad. Same. Big same. So let's talk about what you should do or some options for you in confronting Kim because it's not your job to do the confronting. Kim should be the one to reach out to you, but it doesn't sound like that's going to happen. And do you realistically think Kim is going to like show up to the next meeting? Again, I think that we need a better idea of what the future looks like. And there are a couple of possibilities. One, this group is going to continue working together and Kim assumes that they're involved in goings on forward. So because the end of the question says, do I kick her from the group? I assume that the group will be working together in the future. Right. So so let's work under that assumption. So either Kim thinks that she's a part of this or she doesn't, basically, is what you're going to be dealing with. And I would assume that, that if you have not yet heard from Kim, Kim is really just hoping that this will go away. cease and yeah, go away. Yeah, yeah. that it won't be not something they need to address that they can put in the back of their mind for as long as they can. Yeah, this is an oil sands pit in Alberta right now. Like this is just like she just wants to let the ducks fly into it and die and not deal with it. (laughs) She doesn't want to get a toothbrush out and start cleaning. Right. This is the landfill. You know, (laughs) do you understand how how many square miles of landfill we have? Because we just don't feel like cleaning it up. That's what this is. Oh, God. I know. And you know, you you would ask her would know better than we would. But I wonder, is this like a group where you're the leader, but you are interested in the input of other people? Could you ask the group like, hey, guys, I feel uncomfortable letting Kim back into the group. So um, that's where I stand. What do you think? Or do you just say your decision to the group? Like, hey, since my name is on this and all of our names are on this, I, I feel uncomfortable letting letting Kim come to our meetings from now on. So I'm I'm not. Yeah. Like what? How do you how would you approach that trend? So, I mean, I think. No matter what, the asker needs to not involve Kim in the future. I don't think that there's an option here where you give Kim a second chance. And it's not because I don't think that Kim can do it. I think that she can. You know, I think I think she has it absolutely has it in her. You said she's worked with big name clients. But I feel like working with your friends and working with big name clients is so enormously different. The stakes are so much different. She may have been working on other projects and was like, well, this is a friend project, so I can put it on my back burner. Right. You know, and she probably did it so many times that right. she fucked up and she could not unfuck it. I mean, Trin, you and I do that. Like if something comes up in our full time jobs that make us money, we're like, hey, we need to reschedule friendshiping. Yes. Like that's just that's just how it works. Like, And, and we have an understanding about that. And I wonder if this project was even paid. It wasn't said. It didn't say yeah, in here. Yeah, yeah, Which uh, does not excuse her, but it does give more context to why this kept on being put on the back burner. Right. And then that just means that she is somebody who works with big name clients and cannot be relied upon for something that is volunteer. So you've learned something very important about Kim. You're not going to work with Kim on future projects. Like, it's just a no. You, you've got valuable data. You've got valuable feedback, which is Kim's a no on this. This was an experiment and you have evidence to go forward. Like anytime you work with somebody new, it's an experiment. No matter how well you think you know them, if you hire them, because it sounds like this was kind of like a, like a group project and you were in charge of it, we're not even going to entertain the idea of allowing Kim back into the group. 
Like a year or so ago, I put a poll on Twitter that asked, uh, I, I wanted to ask people, I was curious, Would do you work on projects with friends? Do you hire friends? I can't remember exactly what I phrased. And I was really surprised by how divided it was. I huh. thought a lot of people would say yes or I don't know. But a lot of people were like, absolutely not. And I was wow. like, damn, that's a strict policy to have. But, you know, it. it I, I get it. I get it. Millennials wouldn't have jobs if we didn't work with our friends. Like, yeah, because we make up jobs. We make up hobby. We make up jobs. We turn our hobbies into jobs. Like, it's just, it's just how it works. But this, this is a reason why people don't work on projects with friends. Is because it, if it doesn't go well, you're left with more hurt and conflict than you would if it was a strictly professional context. And I think that it might. This might be a really great opportunity for you to branch out to somebody that you've never ever worked with before and don't know. Because they have the exact same chances of turning in a fucking piece of art than your friends. Mm-hmm. Like somebody you don't know and someone you do, there's no advantage, I think. Like the only advantage of working with somebody you know is that like you vibe, which like is good and bad. Like for a podcast with two people, it makes a lot of Chemistry sense. Chemistry matters, yeah. Chemistry fucking matters. Yeah. But in a big group project with like 10 people who are all arting different ways, like I think it would actually benefit you to go completely outside of your Rolodex for the next person. That's really wise. Yeah, like if I wanted someone to critically edit my writing, I don't think I'd ask a friend. Yeah. If I wanted, I mean, I, I my friends have great taste and I definitely want their input on like philosophies and context and how to handle like social issues and stuff. But if I wanted someone to like go correct my grammar and brutally take down my writing, I think I'd go to someone that I don't know. Right. And this is not to say that we think you were bad for hiring a friend, you know, but we do think that this is a new opportunity for you. Okay. Mm -hmm. So how do we talk to Kim about the fact that she's not being let in? First of all, there's always the option of just letting her leave and ghost. Yeah. That's Um, always an option. Let people ghost. Yeah. Don't even send her an invite to the next meetings. She has shown what her priorities are and this is not to say she's a shitty person or that she's bad it's just that like you need to work with the evidence that you have and the evidence is that she is not going to be reliable in the future yeah and i think it might be as easy for you as just leaving her off the next email thread i agree like you don't need to like is is there a designated time and place where everyone knows to show up at sunday at 2 p.m or is it like hey this week let's meet at this time just don't send kim that invitation yeah i don't think that she would just show up i don't think so either without that would be so bold and weird yeah especially since she was so bad yeah like (laughs) she dropped off communication completely yeah that is an easy way to do it it's just let her ghost however i I don't think that's going to give you the resolution that you seem to want I think that this is one of those times where you write a few emails that you never send to get out your actual emotions and then pare down those emails and decide what you want her response to be first before you write anything. Do you want her to apologize? Do you want to have an explanation? Do you want her, I don't know, like what other... I mean, do you want the bad feelings to go away? That's And that will not happen from her response. Yeah. Unless you are, this is not an insult, unless you're kind of a pushover and they will say, oh, I'm so sorry, I forgot. And I had this going on and this going on. And you just feel the immediate relief of like, oh, they apologize. This is great. We can be friends now. Don't fall into that trap. Yeah. You can still be friends, really, but you can't work together in the future. I very much agree with that. So if you want an apology, you can get one. You can ask for one. You can ask for an apology. And it could be as simple as an email or a text that says something like, hey, I just wanted you to know this all ended up working out. Tim really came through. And man, maybe Kim should send Tim a thank you present, to be perfectly honest. Saying something like, "Uh, I want you to know that I'm disappointed in this. I could really use an apology. I love you. You're my friend. 
but we won't be working together in the future. Yeah, yeah. You can say what you feel. Use short, concise sentences. That's usually what we, what we advocate for because the details don't get lost. Don't leave room for excuses or justifications. You just need to say how you feel. It's a combination of saying the thing that you want to say to get it off your chest, to say it, to make you feel better, and also presenting it in such a way that Kim has the opportunity to give you resolution with what she says. Yes, exactly. You're not backing them into a corner. You're not painting them as an evil person because they're not going to respond to that. Right. And you're not going to feel good about that either. You can say, I could really use an explanation for this. It would make things so much easier on our friendship going forward if you could explain yourself. It would make it much easier for me to forgive you if you would apologize and help me think of something nice to do for Tim. Yeah, it would help me move on from this if you told me what happened. And if she ignores that too, that that sucks. And I understand. I also would understand her ignoring that because that's a very difficult thing to confront. Yep. And Kim has shown she's not good at confronting bad feelings and bad situations. But I think that you deserve something from her, whether it's an explanation or apology or help figuring out something with Tim. I think that's the way forward. I feel like it sucks because this asker was not in the wrong and did everything correctly. And it's again, I want to talk to the Kims of the world. But I also don't want to just be like, oh, man, that sucked, buddy. You can ask for an apology. You might not get one. But sometimes that's just how fucking life works Sometimes that's how it works. And here's, I mean, we can talk briefly about how to prevent this kind of thing in the future. But sometimes there's just no preventing it. I mean, it sounds like the asker did as much in their freaking power. Honestly, yeah. I don't want to to come off like the asker is at fault here at all. Because they even mentioned they knew Kim's vacation schedule. And they scheduled around that. That Like that says you're very mindful of all the moving parts of this project. And you accommodated them already. And it's still, and they still let you down. So, like, I don't know if I have advice for, like, how to work with your friends. I could just think about it for a couple seconds here. Like, I think if you're working with friend, make sure you're working with an excellent communicator. I yeah. think that's why Trin and I work well together. Because Trin will tell me I have a migraine and I'm not going to meet this deadline. And I'll be like, yeah, of course. Yeah, totally fine. And trust, too. Like, I trust that, like, we'll, we'll figure it out. We yeah. always do. And if it doesn't, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Like, we're not going to lose money. <laughs> we have no money. <laughs> This project is not based on making money. But it's also like, so, you know, I mentioned the ADHD thing and how like things can really turn into a pile of sadness. And over the course of my life, I had to figure out how to how to deal with that. Right. Because it has happened to me so much. It is. I mean, like I've, you know, as a kid, I, you know, I did well in school, but I would like not finish a project because like just the idea of it was so overwhelming. And the, the thought of turning it in and not doing well was just like, I might as well not do it. Yeah. Like so many, so many feelings. But because I've had to deal with this since I was a kid, you know, I have ways of, of, of figuring it out. And again, like when we talk about Kim's viewpoint here, it's not to like let her off the hook. It is one, because I want people to recognize these feelings within themselves before they turn into a Kim. Right. Because we've all been Kim. We've all been Kim. Yeah. One of the things that I say about ADHD a lot is that like a lot of these things happen to everybody. You know, like everybody feels scatterbrained sometimes. Everybody does the pile of sadness thing. But with the disorder like ADHD, it is constant and it is it affects your life and impacts your life negatively a lot. So should I talk about I would love to hear more about advice you have for people like him. I do. I have I have that advice. So a really good example. So Kickstarter is the company that I work for and I love my job. And one of the things that I do is I uh, produce our podcast, our games podcast. And the last few months um, have been, it's been very difficult to figure out when to launch this thing. And it was stressing me out so completely. And my friend Matt did the music for the show. Yeah. And he sent me in like a, a sample. 
And I found myself just putting off answering that email, putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, putting it off because of all of the emotions swirling around this. When are we going to launch this? What are we going to do this? And so finally, I had to just fucking confront myself. I had to sit and think and like just meditate on this email and be like, okay, what am I doing to Matt by not talking to him? Like, how am I impacting his life? Okay, what can I do? So what I did was, okay, so the way I like to describe this is, so you know that scene in in X-Men 3 with Wolverine and Jean Grey, and Jean Grey's like exploding and everything's fucking exploding, and Wolverine's still walking towards Jean Grey and his flesh is coming off and you can see his adamantium skeleton and stuff, but he's got super healing power. So he's just like, I'm fucking going, get that, gonna get there, gonna get the Jane. That's how I feel about this. So what I do is like I try to um, like like make Wolverine's healing powers for myself. So I put on my headphones and I blast uh, white noise or pink noise. I eat something delicious. I make the room smell good. Like I seriously, I do as much as I can. You set the scene. You set yourself up for success. And it literally took me several hours to just send Matt a text message saying the, the truth. Hey, Matt, I've got a lot of weird feelings surrounding this Kickstarter Games podcast right now. I don't know what's going on, but I don't want to impact your schedule. And I don't want you to feel like I don't like the song or something like that. It's just going to take a little while longer. And past me as a teen would have let that text message go months without me saying it. But because I know that it turned into a pile of sadness and I had a name for it, I had a path to figuring that out. That's so good, Trin. It's like you name your demons. Yeah. Know what they are. And over time, you get better at managing them. And like, I mean, ain't that the truth? There's this one tweet going around that's like, uh, I wouldn't say I struggle with depression. I would say I'm really good at it. Oh, I'm so good at depression now. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a skill that you learn over time. And it seems like Kim has not been able to hone this skill. And I think she will be able to, Mm -hmm. you know, and all of the Kims, all of the like, you know, whatever situation you have. um, Damn. Okay. When I say for people with ADHD, it can be physically painful to work on your pile of sadness, I I mean it. Like when I was sending that text message or if I'm, man, one of the things I hate to do most in the world is edit my own audio. Mm-hmm. And so I put it off like crazy. And, and I feel like fucking Wolverine, you know, like walking through it and my body's shaking and I'm sweating and I'm like, this is awful. This is the worst thing. And I'll do it for hours because it's my job. Right. You know? Right. And that's what it means really to live with mental illness in the modern world is you are the fucking strongest people in the world because you still have to do everything. <laughs> it's just like you have a bowling ball on your back. You have a backpack full of bowling balls on your shoulders all the time. Yes. Jen, yes. And, and the first step is recognizing that the bowling balls are there. Yeah. And that like you have a special difficulty and a special responsibility to get through this and it's not fair, but you can still do it. Yeah. And I think that part of when you are in charge of a project, you have to accept that people will have these difficulties and they will have be difficulties that don't have a name and difficulties that don't have a source and that you can't fix. I ask her, you managed the shit out of this. Yeah, you know, holy shit. Yeah, we even acknowledged the fact that you got this done somehow. Yeah, you got it done. So you, you uh, acknowledged that you may have setbacks. You looked into the future and said, Who, what's this vacation schedule like, et cetera, et cetera. You, you know, you texted. Really, the only thing we would say in the next project is like, ask for pictures. Ask yeah. for like a picture of like, yeah, art yeah. Art. And it's it feels bad, but that's your job as a manager. And that's the shitty task that you have to take on as manager of the project. Maybe one thing you could have 
done at the very end here, and I don't know if this is right for every situation, maybe not be right for yours, but you could have said like, if I don't hear back from you by noon, I am passing this project to somebody else. Yeah. Like you could have put another deadline on there. I don't think it would have changed anything though. I don't think so either. And honestly, I feel like they may have even done that. Yeah. 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 I mean, you got um, Tim involved somehow. Oh, that was so good. Should we talk about Tim? Yeah, let's talk about Tim. Let's get Tim. I mean, um, what is Tim like? (laughs) Beer? (laughs) Chocolate? Weed? I really love the idea of being like, hey, Kim, one of the ways you can help me make up for this is to help me figure out something for this person. Yeah, because uh, they owe, they also owe Tim. And I love the idea of acknowledging like, hey, someone else had to step up for you. That you, So your, your actions did have consequences to our friend group, not yeah. just me. Does Tim have big name clients? Can Kim introduce Tim to some to some people? Maybe she's got other piles of sadness that she could use some help yeah, with. Yeah, Tim seems pretty great. I would say... Writing Tim a thoughtful text, email, whatever. Um, Saying it out loud, like you have to say it out loud. You can't just imply. It. You have to say thank you so much for help for saving this project, for jumping at the last minute, for uh, fighting through your illness. Yeah, like I can't that you did so much for me, and I will always be thankful for that. I would like to take you out for dinner. I would like to send a pizza to your house. Uh, you don't have to do anything that involves money either. Totally. You can say. Um, can I give you a hug next time I see you? Like yeah. you, This doesn't have to be an actual gift, but a generous thank you acknowledgement will go very far. I mean, even saying like, I sincerely owe you a favor and the next time right. you need help, you need to come to me because I will help you. Yeah, I am on your, I'm on your A-team right now. Yeah. If you need help with work, projects, pet sitting, plant sitting, call on me. I will show the fuck up. Yes. And then do it. Yeah, 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 <laughs> Don't, yeah, do yeah. It. Don't let this spiral. <laughs> right. <sighs> this one is good. Yeah, I, I feel, feel good, good about this. I feel good about everyone, too. Like, Aster, you did a great job. Like, uh, the only uh, things that we asked you in the future is, like, there's no reason to trust your friends more than other people that you could hire. Yeah. They, yeah, that's a good point. Your friends will still fuck up and let you down like any other... People will disappoint you, even the people you really like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um... You know, I even have some sympathy for Kim. I didn't want to say this at the top of the show because I don't want to ask her to feel like you're doing anything wrong. But I really do because I've been Kim. I would say in college, once a semester, I would get myself. And I I got pretty good marks in college. Like I, I, especially within my major, I did very well. It doesn't fucking matter now, of course. But I just like saying that because my degree was very expensive and I'm still paying for it. (laughs) I love you, Dad. Uh, But anyway, so uh, even though I was pretty on top of my shit, I would still every single semester get myself into some kind of extreme dilemma. Where it'd be like, oh, I have a paper due at 9 a.m. and the library isn't open and uh, I have to print it. And, oh, the line to the printer is extremely long. Now this paper is late and uh, now I'm late to take the final right after the printer. Like once, once a semester, maybe once a year, it would be like I am unable to study for a final because so many other things are piling up. And I would just be like, well, failed. Oh, I yeah. failed. Totally failed. I, I made a big mess. I am Kim now. I whoops. Well, Jen, like, that's another thing. So here, here's the thing. I started noticing I had so many piles of sadness for a while. And I realized that it was, I had so many balls. I have so many balls. You have, you're, I you're had a all, lot. Yeah. I was all ball. And, uh, and I would drop a ball. Yeah. You know, and that's what happened is you had so many balls. Plates in the air, like juggling like crazy and right. like just dropped them. And sometimes you are the ball that is dropped. You know, and like, I can't even, I, man, the, I remember I was going to be working on a project with my buddy Ryan and then just like a million balls got thrown at me. 
And I was like, he's my friend and he's not going to care. I'm just going to let that ball drop. And I just never talked to him about the project ever again. <laughs> I just never brought it up. I saw him at a party. We hung out. We were like, hey, we're good. Like, I like you. And But I, I let the ball drop. Yep. And that should be what Kim's apology is. The most reasonable apology is, I'll be honest, I had so much happening. I let you down. I had to let somebody down and it ended up being you. And that fucking sucks. And I feel terrible about it. But the truth is that the human brain is really just a spongy, wet, fleshy mess. A lot of germs. There's nothing. Like, it just fails sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you just fuck up. It fails indiscriminately sometimes, too. So, like, you will fuck up for the people you love the most because it just it just plopped out of your brain. There's a good quote in the office where I forget the context, but Dwight, the really weird guy, goes, not everything is a lesson. Sometimes you just fail. Absolutely. It's like, oh, man. Yeah, Yeah. this isn't a lesson. I just fucked up. Captain Picard says, sometimes you will try your best and do everything right and still fail. Yeah. And And sometimes you succeed without even trying. It's, uh, it's, that's why Jen and I writing this book, we keep on wanting to have one good sentence where it's like, this will always be true. And it's not. Oh my God, that's exactly right. I'm combing through the book now looking for things like that, that we can edit out. Yeah. Because it's like, We can't put any platitudes in here. Right. There's no uh, always be kind because sometimes being kind to some people is inherently unkind to others. Always tell the truth is not correct. Yep. Like um, always have a bunch of friends. Always. There is there is literally nothing. You know what? The only the only thing that is always true is commit yourself to doing the best you can under the circumstances. Yeah. Do the best you can with the tools you have. That's it. And that is literally it. It's like playing a video game when some like, OK, so, you know, uh, you play drag. Did you play Dragon Age Inquisition? Yeah. So there's this point where you're in the mines and there's these characters characters. There's these creatures called nugs. You know, nugs. Nugs. Nugs are like they look like uh, pig hamsters. Um, and picture right now. nug skin in the game. I promise this is going to come together, oh, guys. They're kind of cute. Keep listening to this. It's going to make sense. So nugs are in the game and you kill them constantly because nug skin is really good to use as armor. And then one time, once. When you go into the caves with like Blackwall or whatever characters and you kill a Nug for its skin, they are like, why the hell did you do that? The Nugs are so cute. They're pets. That was just cruel. That was mean. And you're like, are you shitting me? I've been killing Nugs throughout the entire fucking game. And now suddenly it's a moral question. (laughs) But here's the truth. That's life. That's how life is. You were not set up to make a a decision there because based on the information you had. Based on the information you had, it was okay to kill Nugs. But you did it in this one circumstance and it was not okay. And that is sometimes just how life fucking works. I am so sorry, everybody, but it's true. Sometimes you kill a few nugs to get... I'm waiting for to get. I'm waiting for Trin to like jump in here. No. Yes, and uh, uh, this has been friendship with Jen and Trin. Yay! If you would like to follow us on Twitter, you may at Do Friendship. If you would like to follow us individually on Twitter, you can at Jen Dangerous with two N's. The second N stands for never nugs. at me. Oh, don't even, never, don't even talk to me. Never. No, at me. you can at me. I was just gonna say nugs because it was relevant. <laughs> And then I'm trying to end tonic, like a gin and tonic, but with a me inside of it. Uh, thank you for listening. If you want to send us a question, you can at friendshippingpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to Ian Parman for editing. Alex Cox, our 
Pod daddy. <laughs> I, I wanted to like, I actually paused because I was like, I mean, I really want a good adjective for, for audio daddy. I was like, our sexy audio our daddy. Our sexy audio daddy. And I never want to call Alex sexy. No. That would be inappropriate. inappropriate. Uh, thank you to Lauren Gallagher for your design work. Thank you to Monica Vermeer, our literary agent. Thank you to Molly Lewis for singing our theme song. And thank you for listening. You're welcome for talking. You friendship at the problem. Oh, let me get the friggin' ad. Friggin' ads. I love when we do Backblaze or Overcast, I think, the most. Two, eleven. It's Backblaze! Yeah!